Hello and welcome back to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast. This week I'm joined by a guest host, the professional Jo Wilson is going to be with us. She's going to be helping us over the summer. Rachel's not with us, but she'll be back next week. So, so Jo and I are back at BT Moneyfield, an in-person podcast. We're going to talk to national head coach Gregor Townsend, Kyle Rowe, uh, who's going to be part of the Scotland squad in the summer. And we're joined by Logan Trotter and Carl Davis as we look ahead to the Falls Rock Super 6 Sprint Final. Well, this is good. First in-person podcast in over two years, I think it's March 2020, um, since we've been here. We've been uh, in car parks at the side of the road, I've been in hotels and bedrooms and spare rooms and everything, but it's brilliant to be back to the official Scottish Rugby podcast in person. Um, I'm delighted to say we've got some professional help as well. We've had in Joe Wilson, uh, well known to, uh, to BT Murrayfield, Majesty announcer, big Scottish Rugby fan. You're going to help us over the next hello, few hello, weeks and yes. months and um, uh, it's great to have you along. Very pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. Chris, I just have one important question before <laughs> we get going. I need to know what to call you because you know, I met you, introduced you as Chris. I know everyone else calls you Mossy. I just want to know We'll go with whatever, whatever you okay. choose. Okay, Mr. Patterson. Mr. Patterson will okay. be fine. Excellent. Squire. Actually, doctor. Sir <laughs> Chris. Doctor. Doctor. Yeah, doctor. There we go. Well, doctor Patterson. Doctor, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a dodgy knee. Could you have a look? I'm a doctor of science, I believe okay. it or not. Yeah, so not medicine. But the other voice okay. you hear, brilliant to have you uh, along, Joe, and, and they helping us along. Looking forward to, to this. Uh, but also, Gregor Townsend, head coach of the, the national team. Delighted to have you along. As we today, he announced a 40-man squad to, to travel to Chile and Argentina for the four consecutive games in the summer. So, um, well, firstly, how are you? We've not spoken for a, a wee while. It's a big smile on your face. Must be yeah. looking forward to getting back to uh, the boots on, back at the training field and, and heading out to South America. Absolutely. We had a, a squad Zoom last night with all the, the players in the squad. And even though it's... It's a bit artificial that you're, you're chatting to the players. The, the excitement is starting to grow for us as coaches. And I believe the players too, that uh, we're going on tour. The first time for four, for, since four years that we've been on a tour. Mm. Somewhere new in Chile. Um, new places in, in Argentina as well. And we're back together, so we can't wait. And does that just add to the excitement, the fact that it has been so long? Yeah, I think touring uh, is one of the best things about our sport. Mm. Um, Chris, Chris will say the same thing. Your your best memories come from, often come from tours, and it might be things you do off the field, the bonds you you make uh, when you're together for, for four or five weeks, but also the experiences that are unique. Like we were going to the going to Santiago and then the north of Argentina. I don't think anybody would have would be going there unless it was a rugby tour. So it's it's a great opportunity. Not not having had a tour for four years makes it even more special. So many things change and rugby moves as quick as anything else the professional sport moves really quickly and, and you mentioned that something that my greatest memories of being involved are touring being together um does that obviously it still means something but is touring still the same as it was in in, in you and i the uh, the fun the camaraderie that's all part of that's a bigger part of the game now it doesn't get lost in professionalism doesn't it some maybe bits yeah. do <laughs> yeah oh, no, absolutely and uh, the last time we toured, we were in Canada to begin with, That's right. then went to Houston, and then we ended up in Argentina. And the memories I have of those four weeks together are when the team came together, mm -hmm. like the last night when we were celebrating our, our win against Argentina. But also remember 20 players crammed in at nine o'clock at night to watch Love Island from back home. <laughs> And so name maybe them, that's name them. Yeah, all, all, <laughs> everyone, man. 
And I was surprised with the even the older players were there. A couple of management sneaked in, but so that's maybe where the changes are. Yeah. Um, people now will will go to the team room, and in the past maybe would have played table tennis. Now they'll watch their teammates playing Call of Duty, or they'll join in there. But the connections are still there, and that that's what's really important. It's something that we we strive to do whenever we come into camp. We know we can do it better, but touring allows us to do that as best as we can because we're together. There's no distractions. We're not going back to our clubs or back home at weekends, like, like what happens in the Six Nations. We're together for four and a half weeks, so you get to know each other better and you, you have fun together off the field and you work hard together on the field. And, and that four and a half weeks replicates potentially a World Cup cycle almost, you want to extend that World Cup cycle. We don't want to look too far ahead to World Cup, but before we look at some of the players and, and six new caps especially and have a chat around them, how important will that time together be? It's very seldom you get four consecutive tests. I know the first game's an E game, but it's still a test uh, in, in terms of the preparation and, and the execution that will be required. Um, Chile beating Russia in the last two games, and back Canada. to back, and Canada, yeah. uh, and they're, they're final qualification stage for the World Cup themselves, so it is going to be a test, but four consecutive weekends of test match rugby doesn't really happen unless it's in a World Cup. So does the, the, this help plan for, for what we're going to face next September? 100%, and we're 15 months away from our opening game against South Africa and Marseille in the World Cup, <laughs> and that, that'll come in quite quickly. Mm -hmm. We have 15 test matches between now and then, uh, I think 12 of the 15 are against teams in the top nine in the world. So we've got some real challenges ahead of us. And that will that will give us opportunities to see players in, in these environments, touring especially, how well they get on as a team mate, but also how well they improve. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we want to see from our players. That's what we, we want to see when they come into the World Cup squad. So yeah, this is perfect preparation. It'll be a, t a tough series. Uh, the Chile game itself is going to be very tough. Uh, they play America the following week, and whoever wins that game qualifies for the World Cup. They've been playing regularly as a team in, uh, in the South American Championship. They beat the Jaguares a couple of weeks ago. So that, that's a big test for us. And then Argentina are just sitting one place below us in the world rankings. They picked a very experienced squad. They've got a a really good coach now who's who's just taken over, um, Michael Checker, who's mm -hmm. had a lot of success at test level and club level. So we know it's going to be a challenge for us, but that should bring out the best in us. And Chris, I mean, you alluded to those six uncapped players there as well. And obviously with the World Cup in mind, how much is this a chance for them to impress and, and make their mark? And just give us a little insight into your thinking about these six uncapped players and why they're in this squad. Yeah, well, they've all earned it. Earned it on whether it's their their form for their club teams, um, and lots of them, are, no sex especially, have, have been able to play club rugby the last few weeks and months. But also what we believe they can do between now and the World Cup, um, whether they've got a game that really aligns well with how we believe Test Match Rugby should be played, or they've just they're on a path of improvement that's that's going really quickly. So to get this opportunity, especially with the Chile game as well, um, and there we were not able to select players that play in England in that game. So that's an opportunity for more home-based players to to be available for that game, and that's it's a it's a probably a bigger squad than we would normally take on a on a summer tour. 
but we do have with these four games and the squad will all change in size as we go through the tour and it's up to players to to make sure they're there the whole way and they'll do that through their their training performances and what they do when they get a chance to play yeah the six uncut players murphy walker tight up he's been excellent played a lot of uh, Fosrock Super 6 rugby as well uh, as well as professional rugby Glenn Young second row back row for, for Edinburgh uh, with a lot of experience real athletic lot but I mean you know his first season with Edinburgh he's running two or three tries from over half away yeah, real dynamic player Ben Muncaster really aggressive back row player as well been outstanding for Edinburgh Matt Curry young centre obviously Kyle Rowe who's been involved Ollie Smith as well so I, I agree they've all been playing really well for their clubs deserve the opportunity and I actually see a lot more in them that we've not seen already, if that makes sense. So we hope to see it. I know we'll see that because they, they really are you know, you know, exciting young players and there's, there's a lot of experience in there as well with, with Grant Kilchrist being, being skipper. To, to yeah, the right and that, look, that's a really good point you bring up. Um, when players get given an opportunity to, to play at a higher level and not only do they they're survive in that level, but they thrive, mm-hmm. that's invariably what's going to happen when they, they make the next step up. So we've seen that with Ben Mancaster, for example. Yeah. Gets his opportunity this year, plays well. Gets another opportunity, plays even better. Um, Consistently as well for a young player, it's it's really impressive, isn't it? Yeah, and and it's brilliant seeing those young players take their opportunities. They've got a bigger one now this summer and playing test match rugby or the potential of playing test match rugby. But we are we're confident they'll grab that. Let's just talk a little bit about the omissions because people will look at that, notice names like Stuart Hogg not there. Is it simply just to give these guys a bit of a rest? Yeah, look, look we look at each individual, their own circumstances. Uh, the players that were in the Lions Tour last year had the longest season out of any player la- um, that was playing rugby last year. Um, I was part of that tour and we were still playing into August. So that, that was in our minds as we were going through this season. Um, now, three of, the, three of the guys in that Lions Tour also were the three players that played the most minutes of any of our squad this year. So to, to back up um, a long season with another long season, we feel them and, and others, the best situation for, for them is to have a rest, to recover. Stuart Hogg in particular, he, he's played more minutes than any of our players mm-hmm. and had the Lions tour <coughs> and has played a lot of rugby for, for Exeter and, and us over the last few years, carrying a couple of injury niggles. Now, the easy thing would be to extend his season another month, um, but we feel it's better for him that he, he takes some time off, recovers um, and his body, and he's, he's ready to go for what will be a, a massive year next year. Yeah. It's never nice being rested. Yeah, I was going to uh, say because... <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, and I also just wonder, I mean, how, how is that temptation? Because surely there is such a temptation just to name your strongest squad with all these experienced guys you know, how difficult is that for you to sit and think, do you know what, no, the best thing to do? I mean, is it a risky strategy that it's perhaps not the strongest? Well, it's, you, you could view it like that, but also you've got to you view the risk of players playing more there. They played a lot of rugby and if they were to pick up an injury on tour um, or if their pre-season was going to be shortened um, because these players all play a lot of club rugby too. So I'm, no doubt their clubs will be keen for them to play the first game of the season. So that, that's more of the risk that we're, we're looking at, that where are they going to be come November, come Six Nations, and then this time next year we're starting a World Cup camp and we, we, we want them to be in their best possible condition. On the, on the flip side, it's a big opportunity now for us to, to look at players that probably haven't had the chance to play for Scotland 
Stuart Hogg has played probably 90% of of the games of the last few years at fullback um, for Scotland and played very very well. Uh, he's our most capped player, but now someone else is going to play in these four games, and there's a few candidates on tour. Uh, it'll be interesting who who grabs that that opportunity and um, can play more games at 15 than the others. It is. It's. Um, I think it, it, it's. I wouldn't say it was a risk. I think it's a risk if you don't build for the future in terms of the future could be a week in advance. It doesn't have to be months or years in advance. You have to know that the. I suppose the, the risk of injury for anyone it, it is there. So I think building that squad base and interestingly, most of the, the six we've mentioned, the uncapped guys, most of them, if not all, have been involved in the squad before, but just not, you know, played certainly. So so there's a there's not a, a complete unknown uh, for them. They, they they know it. And somebody like Hoggy who's played so often, he's played well so often and I say I know how it feels like to be arrested. It was Argentina as well. It was like I I'd, like one of the last times we toured Argentina, 2010, uh, I'd been injured in the Six Nations. I'd fought back to what I thought was fitness, and I, w I wasn't allowed to go to Argentina, and I was absolutely raging. I was I was angry, and I came along, and I, um, I said, "Well, you can train." So I, I trained at the side of the pitch to prove I was as fit as ever, and this that next thing, and, and I, I really struggled to to say, "Well, why am I going? I'm fit." Yeah, I've missed a bit of game putting, but afterwards, it was the World Cup. 2011 afterwards. If I'd toured in that 2010 tour, I don't think I would have been as effective as I was in the 2011 season, the World Cup season, getting that time off then. I didn't know that at the time, and it's hard for players, but I think once you can you go through that process, they'll really appreciate a rest because you just, you don't know you're tired because you do the same every week and you perform every week, but actually time off managed properly is a, is a it's not a risk, I think it's a, it's a bonus. Yeah, and I think I think we we forget as, I suppose, rugby supporters, the um, the effort and the investment that players put in that are playing at the highest level mm. for guys to go on the Lions tour and to be playing last August and then go back to their clubs and playing September Stewart had I think one week of pre-season he was mm. playing club rugby again last year and also what's ahead of us like the, the World mm. Cup is a demanding campaign not not just the six seven weeks you're in competition but the World Cup camp itself we have four warm-up games potentially to play before that so again it's get, it's getting the players in the best position for next season and also the the depth we have just mm. now like there's a few players that have missed out in selection that are, are playing very well for for the club so it, it it became obviously an easier decision to 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 look at other players but also a tough decision because some players have just well, missed out a couple of names i you know james lang midfield for Edmar, marshall sykes um Jamie Doby hasn't had a huge amount of rugby, but it's great to see George Horn back in just just for you. So you're right. There's there's a lot of depth, and mm -hmm. you know, I suppose it underlines the importance of the players who are there, given the opportunity to take it with how they train and how they perform. Yeah, and you mentioned there is still a lot of experience mm -hmm. in the squad. Um, we touched on Grant Gilchrist. Was he the obvious choice as captain? Uh, yes, we we did um, have a, a thorough look and discussion as a, as a coaching group of, of who our, our new leaders will be and uh, Grant is clearly one of them um, and we feel that he's the right man for this this tour to captain the side. He's captained the side in, in the past, uh, he's been an excellent captain for, for Edinburgh this season um, but it's an, ob it's an opportunity for, for others to lead. On, on a tour you've got to take more leadership um, 
responsibility in certain areas. It could be helping out with the laundry. Duty it groups. Could be, it could be um, <laughs> organizing um, off-field activities. It could just be the way you, you lead yourself. Um, the, the support that is often here and the top hotels you stay in and the facilities that we train at um, can be can not be there when you go uh, abroad and you've got to help uh, help out to make the team better. Um, so we're, we're looking for players to step up as individual leaders, but also the lead, leadership group will, will change in the summer. Chris, what was your role? Were you laundry boy? Um, mixed up. We used to have duty groups and it was taken really seriously. Uh, it was the, you know, one, of the, one of the biggest uh, pressures was if you were in charge of organising a, a day out or an event for the players who weren't selected for that, that weekend. You have to have you have to tick off all boxes from well any paragliding, water skiing. I'm not sure that'll happen. Now. <laughs> I was going to say, where's the, the <laughs> more risk likely to be golf or college, that. as you say. But you had this pressure thrust upon you that you're away from home. You have to stay together. You're a group of disappointed players who are not involved that weekend, and you had to, you know, support the players who were playing, but also create an environment that, that it was enjoyable. It was fun, all party to them. So that was it. that was most stressful. The duty group was it sounded bad, but it was actually alright because it was quite simple. But coming up with ideas and organising day trips was a was a was a more difficult one, but. Other players coming back as well from injury. Say the experience with Matt Fagerson, Scott Cummins, Rory Darge. These, I mean, the three quality players there. Who and George we mentioned as well, who've come back from injury. So mm-hmm. training will become really important. You want an intensity of training to prepare these players who've maybe missed the last few weeks through through injury. Yes, and and for for some of them, uh, the, there are different stages of the recovery. Yeah. So so Scott Cummings and Matt Fagerson um, are very close to playing. Um, George Horn is obviously back playing. Uh, and we'll we'll aim to facilitate a match experience. Let's call it a training <laughs> next nice. week when we come in, <laughs> and the players are aware of this. Uh, for, and it, not just for those players that come back from injury, but we, yeah. we need to get up to speed as quickly as possible and build that cohesion. And making a, a training almost like a game uh, with full contact, potentially with a referee coming in, will prepare them what's gonna gonna be coming ahead uh, the following week. Um, so we do have two or three days camp here before we go to Chile and Chile we're going to have to obviously focus on recovery after the long flight, jet lag. Uh, so these next few days in Scotland are really important on how we we get our preparation and our, our game in place for Chile. What are the conditions going to be like when you're over there? Have you, have you looked into kind of temperatures and things and, and how easy is it for these players to adapt from training in Scotland to then heading out there. Well, we're, we're getting into summer. I mean, I was summer. shocked by the rain when I landed yeah. from, <laughs> from down south we are, today. We are getting into summer. It's it's likely to be hot uh, and dry, so that that's a positive for the the rugby we we prefer to play and aspire to play. There's an altitude factor in one of the venues, not not as high as um, South Africa, mm. but it'll be high enough. Um, so players are used to playing at altitude now with the South African teams in the URC, but it will be a, a different challenge. Um, but you would bel- you would think that if the, the weather is, is good, then you're going to get an open style of rugby from, from both teams. Um, I hope that's the case. That, that's a great test for us, and it's we believe it's a, it gets our strengths out in the field better, a, a chance for us to move the ball and play at speed. Just the final point as well, I know you've got a lot of other media commitments today and everything else, so we'll we'll let away in time. But just on that point, Michael Checker taking over from Argentina. Uh, they've picked a really experienced squad as mm. well. What do you expect from 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 Argentina? Well, that's a tricky one because yeah. because you 
you can't look at what they've done in the last campaign because it's a new coaching group yep. and then do you do you look at what the individuals doing Michael yeah or would you look at what Michael Cech has done with Australia or has mm. he's been coaching in Japan or you focus more on yourself mm. and that's the, the route that we're going to go down mm. we're going to focus a lot of ourselves going into the Chile game in the first test and then learn what the opposition have tried to do in their game and attack and defence but the, it's interesting that the, the, he's picked a very experienced team because Argentina have a lot of rugby. They mm. have a lot of their players play in Europe, so they're, they're off a long season. Then they've got this three-test series with us. Then they go into the rugby championship, and they've got November tests. So you would think at some stage during the season he will give players a rest, but he's gone full board with, with the squad he selected. Really experienced players like... Augustine Cravey back, in, back into the squad, Juan him off, um, mm -hmm. players that play at high level in Europe. Uh, so they're, they're quality individuals. Um, we know we'll have to be at our best to beat them. Just get the Edinburgh lads to ask both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know you said final point, but right. you'll learn. I do quite like to have the last word. So, um, Greg, we just wanted to talk a bit more about the fans because obviously you said it's the first tour in a couple of years. Mm. The Scotland season pass is sold out for the upcoming season. How much does that fan support mean to you? I mean, these games are live on Sky Sports, so the fans get to see them. How much does that support mean to you and the guys? It's massive, and I actually referred to it last night when we, we had our, our Zoom call. We really sense um, the support behind the team. Uh, before lockdown, we were, we were getting sell-out sell out crowds, and it's been so pleasing and exciting that since crowds have got back into... Uh, BT Murrayfield and stadiums that we we had sellouts for our games against Australia, South Africa, Japan, and in the Six Nations. So to hear that the supporters are already um, snapping up tickets for no November is fantastic. And you know that there's there's going to be times where the supporters um, don't just see victories all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember after we played South Africa in November that we were disappointed that we'd lost to South Africa um, when we felt that the momentum was going our way with 15 minutes left. An hour, an hour and a half after the final whistle, we were going back onto the bus, back to the hotel, and hundreds of supporters had stayed to cheer the players on. And I've never experienced that before, after a defeat where the, the support is still behind the team. So we, we know that um, that's something that is unique and special just now. We've got to make the most of that and and show our supporters what we're capable of on that field. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, isn't yeah. it? Gets Gregor, inspired and listen to it already. Really pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you for your time. It's great to get your insight into those team selection, squad selection as well, and all the best for the yeah, upcoming good tour. Luck. Thank you. Okay, Joe, we've got a couple of special guests in now um, that will come in in a second or so, but just before that, it's great to get Gregor's insight, great to understand how how much thought and preparation goes into selecting the squad and looking ahead but um, he seems in good form and, and excited of the, the weeks ahead yeah it's great to get that insight because I think particularly as a fan you you just see the names on a bit of paper mm. but obviously a lot goes into it but yeah he seemed really excited really positive um, someone that is involved in that squad is Kyle Rowe who joins us now um, and Kyle's got a very special guest with him. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're going to have to go on to the website, scottishrugby.org, just to have a little look at who Kyle has <laughs> on his lap. It is the cutest podcast guest we've ever had, or you've ever had. It's my first podcast. I don't think things are ever going to get any yeah, better. This will never be topped, Kyle. Because <laughs> little Maggie, eight weeks old. Kyle, just tell us a bit about her. 
Uh, hi, this is Wee Maggie. Got her on a Friday from Wales, and uh, she's been a gem ever since. What so is she? She's a wee whippet. A whippet. Aye, so she'll be she'll be quick one day. Oh, so you? <laughs> she's Good a bit. Uh, she, she's a bit clumsy at the minute. <laughs> she's so tiny. I absolutely tiny. She's in a wee basket sitting there. Yeah. Just uh, uh, pretty special. I think she's, she's she likes that microphone though, Kyle. She might I take know, a bite of that. Trying to keep it away from her. Yeah, we're going start to chewing it. Try not to be too <laughs> distracted by the puppy because we do have some important matters to talk about. Kyle, first of all, congratulations Thank uh, you. on your call up. Um, we want to get to know you a bit better though. We do want to get into the kind of how you're feeling, the excitement around yeah. the tour, but we've got some very important questions to start off with. A bit of a quick fire getting to know you, if you okay. don't mind. So I'm going yep. to just chuck a few questions at you. Just say what comes into your mind. Um, okay. An easy one to start with, I think. Uh, rugby or football? Um, rugby. But I was football. Yeah, I've got to say, you were yeah. involved heavily in football. Yeah. So I've, so destro- no, so I've destroyed your quick easy. fire maybe already. Maybe not that easy. You were at a, a decent level at football. Were you in yeah. a scholarship in America? Was that right? Uh, no, well, I applied for it. Right. Um, but kind of chose rugby ah. after I'd sort of applied for it, so it kind of fell by the wayside. Ah. And I played for um, Scottish independent schools yeah. and got two caps for Scotland as well against England. So What position? Uh, centre mid. There you go. Oh, he's pulling the strings. Yeah. Sorry, uh, your quick fire no, questions no, no, no. have been destroyed like it already. It, it can lead into <laughs> other things. This is what it's what we're here for. Um, Ed Sheeran or Harry Styles? Ed Sheeran. There we go. Nothing more to say I've on that. <laughs> <laughs> right now, would you confidently take anyone on at a 100 meter sprint or an arm wrestle? Anyone ever? Anyone ever? Oofed. I mean, I'm quick, but I'm not. I'm not that quick. <laughs> And Maybe ar- not Usain Bolt. And like arm wrestle, not the biggest guy. <laughs> so like, what would you back yourself in though? I'd say hundred meter more than an arm wrestle. There we go. Texting or talking? Talking. Favorite day of the week? Um, quite like a Tuesday actually. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Most people say the weekend, but I would no, say I'd, Thursday. I don't know. I just, just Tuesday, like Tuesday's Tuesday. always been a good day for me. It's Tuesday there a day off. No, it's not. That's quite heavy. It's usually, usually a bigger day. Heavy day, isn't it? Then it means I can have a couple of treats that ah, night. Do you know what I mean? Workload ah, like Tuesday it. treat day, yeah, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Early riser or night owl? Uh, depends what mood I'm in. <laughs> if I'm gaming, I'll be a night owl. If I've got stuff to do, I'll be an early bird. Okay, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd actually rather, I'd rather speak every language, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I've, I, I, quite, I quite like the idea of being able to speak another language, but I just, yeah. I can't. And you can so. probably communicate with Maggie in your own mm. way. Anyway. Yeah, Maggie's not happy at that. Yeah. <laughs> My next question, I, I do think this is going to be the easiest one. Dogs or cats? Oh, it's got to be dogs. Cars or bikes? Uh, cars. Giving presents or getting presents? Uh, giving. Oh, he's a giver. We like that. Um, Facebook or Instagram? Uh, Instagram. Video games or movie night? Um, video games. What's the game of choice? Gregor's already mentioned Call of Duty in the yeah, team. Will slot into that? Currently, it's Call of Duty at oh, the minute. Still, it was Call of Duty when I played. Yeah. yeah. Must have stayed the test. Still, I still, still kicking about. That was rubbish. I never played it. I used to run about shooting seagulls. You know, when you can't control the gun and you're just like. I'm not great at the minute. Uh, you know. There'll be some. There'll be some pretty good players to imagine. Yeah, eh? very good. Who's the top of the tree? What in the squad? Uh, so oh, I'm not sure. I play with some mates at home. Oh, right. We're all as we're all as bad as each other, to be honest. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Gregor also mentioned, just to go off on a slight tangent, that um, a lot of the squad members are fans of Love Island. Do you watch it? Nah, I watched the 2019 one. Okay. 
I've not, not watched it since. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Actually, I asked the missus on Sunday. I was like, oh, do you want to watch Love Island? She was like, nah. Was, <laughs> then she asked, oh, she was like, do you? I was like, nah, yeah, it doesn't. It's had its time a little yeah, bit. Yeah, not for me. Okay, a few more. Chocolate no. or crisps? Chocolate. Who would play you in a film of your life? <sighs> well, it's got to be somebody with a mullet now, doesn't it? <laughs> um, not sure any actors have mullets, do they? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Maybe if you step back in time a little bit. What um what what's uh when I first knew you, you didn't have the mullet. This is a fairly no, we show back thing. show back inside. Know, was, uh, so where's the where's the inspiration coming from? I don't know, it was over uh, it was during COVID. Um, one of my mates just brought out clippers, <laughs> and uh, yeah, from there it's just oh no. Sorry. Just to let you know what's going on. Apologies. Um, Maggie has had a little wander over to Chris. Yeah. It's marking her territory. And it's decided to mark her territory uh, on the on the floor of our little podcast. Yeah, I apologise about that. <laughs> so I've had worse. Um, we'll that. let her off because she's so cute. Um, okay. Final one of this little quick fire. Uh, your go-to joke. Make us laugh. Oh God. <laughs> um. Oh, I've got I've got quite a few jokes, but you Keep sprung it you sprung it upon me. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Um, That's a tough one. It is a yeah, tough it one. Is a tough one. Have, Have you not got one? No, I'm not no funny. Not. Do you want me to do mine? Uh, well, yes. Please. How does an elephant ask for a cake? Don't know. Can I have a cake, please? <laughs> That's another visual gag. I know. For <laughs> I know. <laughs> not Great only if you want to see Maggie, that. head to the website. <laughs> if you want to see the joke, head to the website. Uh, <sighs> okay. Oh, um, so yeah, tour. Yes. Getting to know you. <laughs> Chris is like swiftly moving on. <laughs> just a joke. Just Why did you put bring us in, Joe into this? You just put us on the you put us on the spot for the jokes. Um, great to be on tour. You were involved all through the Six Nations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, never, never, you know, performed in the Matchday squad, but you got loads of experience yeah. playing fantastically well at London Irish all year. Mm-hmm. Um, how how much does it mean to be including the tour squad to, to chill in Argentina? Oh, I mean. Thinking back to this time a couple of years ago, I didn't think I'd ever be in this situation, let alone be in the Six Nations squad and then come into the Summer Tour squad. So it's all pretty surreal at the minute still. Uh, gained a lot of experience during the Six Nations, although I didn't play and I was disappointed by that because obviously you want to play for your country. I didn't go in with any expectations of playing as obviously I've not been capped yet. Um, still kind of not finding my feet in the Prem, but my first season in the Prem, going through a full season of rugby really because of Covid and even before that I was in the academy and quite young and stuff so didn't really get a chance but uh, no I'm just I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to being in the squad and uh, and just hopefully showing what I can do and I mean if I get picked to play for Scotland it'll be, it'll be one of the best days of my life. And you have been showing what you can do very much so uh, since you joined London Irish. Mm-hmm. Was that a difficult decision in terms of making that move? Uh, it was because Scotland's where I want to be. That's where I want to like grow old, basically in Scotland. But I knew this time last year when I didn't have anything, any offers after after June. It's kind of a no-brainer, really. I was just I was saying to my agent, I was like, just get this, get this over the line as quick as you can. Um, you know, I, I wanted to just experience something new. Because uh, I've I've been in uh, I've been in Scotland for five six years through the academy and all that sort of stuff. I wanted to go and experience something new. So, um, 
yeah, I feel like it's been a it's been a good decision for me to to go down. And obviously, this season's been kind of well, kind of a season that's kind of my breakout year, and finally can finally showing people what I can do. So now I'm re really enjoying it down there. I'd say it's been more than a breakout. Well, it is a breakout year, but more than that in terms of some of the performances, the consistency you've shown as well. To go from not having a, a huge amount of rugby before that, you know, through COVID and the sevens and, yeah. and academy and everything. But I think back, I think it must be a year ago to the weekend or some. There was a game in Scarlets. You played for Edinburgh, wasn't it? Away in Scarlets, played yeah. really well. And you know, from that point, you didn't really know what was going to happen next, did you? Played well. No. When did you first kind of? hear about or get wind of the, a potential move to London Irish was it around that time because it was it two games you played at the end of last season played really well for Edinburgh no it was just one was it just the Scarlet yeah one? I was 24th man the game beforehand yeah and then I got picked to play in that game which was my first game well first real rugby game for in the beacon heat two years so like first five minutes I got a run made a break mm -hmm. And oh, I was I was goosed. I could, I could not get <laughs> it was my hot breath though, wasn't back. It? It, was oh, it was a proper scorcher. Hot, yeah. And did it end up a draw? Was it thirty or twenty eight all or something? Wasn't it? I can't remember. I mind. Yeah. Uh, mind we sc I think we scored two in the last couple minutes yeah. to bring it back. I'm not sure if we drew or if we lost. I can't I think remember. I draw, I um, but did you have a, a, a way in London Irish before that game, or was it all afterwards? Not. It was. It was kind of at, well. It wasn't really afterwards. It, I was in talks beforehand, but there was nothing really concrete. Mm -hmm. It was all just kind of hearsay and stuff like that. And um, yeah, after that game, I think I, I must have got the contract through or something and I got it signed because I didn't have anything up here. So I was like, rugby's still what I want to do. Didn't want to be left in limbo after after the last, oh, after that game. And do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. yeah, I got it signed and moved myself down there. And for people that perhaps haven't seen too much of you play, just Tell us a bit about your style of rugby and what kind of impact you can make in this Scotland team. Um, I mean, I, I, I try and work as hard as I can, get myself on the ball. Um, a try well, scorer. Yeah, try and try scorer, eh? score, sc score some good tries. Um, main thing for me is just trying to get my hands on the ball. Um, whether I score a try or whether I beat a few players, it doesn't really bother me. I just want to show people what I can do. And then defensively, just making sure I do my job to the to the best of my ability and make sure the team trusts in what I'm doing and I trust him trust in what they do. Big part of the game as well as the high ball reception, really good in the air. Has that been? I mean, you played sevens for a long time, so you're not the exposure to that. But like, it's been a big strength of your game and a, and a difficult skill. Do you work hard on that, or is it just a, a natural a natural ability? Because you do, you know, you said yourself, not the biggest. Player, very powerful, very dynamic, but win balls in the air, which is so important yeah. at all levels. But test rugby now, is that something you pride yourself on? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, also, shown in the prem that I can I can take high balls under pressure. Um, but you're going to need a new yeah. tuner shortly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maggie's at them. As long as it keeps her quiet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I keep working on it in training. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you can leave for a couple of weeks and then you go into a game you get put in that situation and you think you'll have it you have it nailed down you need to you need to do it every week um but yeah like throughout the sevens and that that's kind of where i i gained the confidence in going up to win high balls whether it's catching or whether it's batting back mm -hmm. um and yeah just taking that confidence into into games in the prem is a uh, is yeah and i feel like that's a it's a good strength of mine to have whether it's uh, a ball's come to me or I'm going to win the ball. Especially 
Joe and Argentina have been there as well. They, they do kick the light, they kick the particular you see Buffelli for Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the kind of standard really that in Argentina they're all terrific now, so it's really important to have players like, like Kyle in the squad that are that are combative, competitive and, and excellent now. A big part of the series I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, Gregor described you as a really exciting player. He kind of praised the the hard work that you've put in to get to where you are and the impact that you've made at London Irish. How nice is it to hear him talk about you in that way? Yes, it's it's amazing. Like, as I said before, didn't think I'd ever be in this position. So I'm kind of just just kind of going with the flow at the minute, obviously still working hard on my game and stuff, but just enjoying enjoying every minute of the minute. So, uh, yeah. And I touch on uh, London Irish. I mean, um, I've not been to a game, but I, you know, I watch a lot of rugby. I see a lot of rugby. I listen to uh, what goes on in, in the Brentford Community Stadium. Seems to be a, a place that players home and away love playing. The atmosphere, yeah. the surface. It, it's been a real successful year for for you and the side, hasn't it? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I know we've drawn five games, but uh, <laughs> obviously we, we want to go on and win those games, and that's the, that's the next step that we need to take. But um, Getting top eight and getting the Champions Cup into into Brentford, which London Irish hasn't had for ten years, is uh is big for us. It's big for the fans, big for the club. Um, but we're we're really looking forward to showing next year what we can do and hopefully push for push for those top four places and yeah, just see what see what the side can do because we're quite we're still quite a young side, mm-hmm. so still got a bit of maturing to do. But I mean that that will come in time and um and. Played a decent brand of rugby as well, though, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it yeah. has. You know, you think of the some of the tries, some of the games, some of the high scoring draws as well. But there's been a there's been an attacking mindset that sometimes you don't always see. Yeah. The last two three years, or two seasons, I think, have been better anyway across the, across rugby, especially in the Premiership. But you're certainly one of the teams that like to play. Does that help in terms of your experience with, with Gregor over the the Six Nations and how Gregor likes to play? It's quite similar in some ways, isn't it, to, to what Scotland try and do? Yeah. Game plan's quite similar, as in we want to attack from, well, kind of from anywhere, but obviously with Scotland you need to be a bit more disciplined and in your 22 exit, stuff like that. Same with Irish, but with Irish we've got a bit more licence to, if we see an opportunity, we'll go for it. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out, get into our processes and um, and just, just get out of there, really. Uh, but the style of play that Irish and... Scotland both play. They both Quite suit similar. me pretty well because mm-hmm. um, I like I like broken field. I like taking people on. I like um, I like getting my hands on the ball, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I feel like transitioning from London Irish to Scotland is kind of is pretty seamless because the game plan is pretty similar. It's not completely changing a whole game plan and mindset of what I need to what I need to do. So yeah, it's good. And in terms of the summer tour, you're obviously going to be going away for, I think it's around a month that you'll Mm. be with this group of players. Uh, How much are you looking forward just to the experience of being with these guys for that length of time? Uh, And Chris, you were talking about earlier how it's, you know, it's very similar to a World Cup, for example. I'm just interested to know if the guys are even talking about the World Cup at this stage. Is it on your mind? Uh, Yeah. It's on our mind, but it's it's in the back burner at the minute because we've got a we've got a test against Chile and three against Argentina. That's our that's our main focus at the minute is to go over there and win. Um, and then obviously, as the months as the months progress, it'll come more to the forefront of our mind. But as I say, we've got the summer tour. You've got the autumn test. Then you've got Six Nations to really think about before the World Cup. So it's all really it's all just building at the minute. Build well, it's building towards the World Cup in the Six Nations, but. 
um, yeah, it's always it's always going to be in the back of your mind. Those tests coming in quickly as well, and and I think because of the depth and the the, the depth of the squad, there's some players obviously who who haven't been selected or are being rested. It's just a brilliant opportunity for everybody there to to show what they can do because those tests do come quickly. Um, you know, it's uh, and I think because there's so much depth in the squad as well, training becomes really important. Whereas go back to when I played sometimes training wasn't really that important because there, there wasn't the depth of, of talent there now every training sessions as all as they always are they're, they're, they're filmed they're G, uh, there's GPS putting them there's all sorts of decisions so almost everything you do is being analysed so it raises a standard and it, it just also gives loads of opportunities to show what you can do and, and put a marker down for you know ultimately test selection through the, the summer and then the November Six Nations and, and the World Cup next year. Kyle, um, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Thank the podcast. Uh, Maggie to sleep. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Maggie's fallen asleep. We've been so <laughs> boring. <laughs> but no, it's been a pleasure to meet you and really want to wish you all the best for yeah. this summer and beyond. Okay, we're going to turn our attention to the Fosrock Super 6 Sprint Series now. It's the final round this weekend. Watsonians taking on Stirling County on Friday. It's Watsonians that top the table. Um, I'm delighted to say Cal Davies from Watsonians as well as Logan Trotter from Stirling County join us on the podcast now. Um, guys, good to see you. I don't want to be rude and ignore you at the top of this, but Chris, <laughs> I just wanted to come to you first because a lot of people are still a little bit unfamiliar with this tournament. Can you just explain to people listening on the podcast what it's all about? Yeah, the, the Fosrock Super 6 Sprint Series will culminate this weekend, the final obviously between uh, Watsonians and Stirling. So it's um, the the Fosrock Super 6 Championship uh, starts in August and, and works through October last year, culminating with Ayrshire Bulls winning uh, the final against Southern Knights at, at Dam Health. Um, so the 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 main championship still sits in that window, but uh, a sprint series um, uh, allowing the players to, to play more games, high quality games, develop the players, develop the coaches, develop match officials. Um, another opportunity to um, to have a sprint series, which is the, the teams play each other once, uh, either home and away, and then it's split into top three, bottom three, culminating with the final this weekend. So it's another opportunity to, to play Fosrock Super 6 rugby for the players. Um, and actually, the sprint series, I think, has been excellent. I've seen almost all the games, been at most most of them, working at a few of them. Um, and there's been a real a kind of attacking element to it. Um, I think uh, Logan will, will agree with that. Carl's looking at me a wee bit far on, but he's been a big part of the, 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 the attacking formation for Watones. But it's been it's been brilliant, played in good conditions with with a, a real attacking mindset. And it's been quick, hasn't it, Carl? I mean, I know Watones six from six, sitting at the top of the league. Um, ready for the challenges still on, on on Saturday, but you, you know, you've you've built on power, built on consistency, had a really good set piece, made all the right decisions, really real consistency. But would you agree that the attacking element of the sprint series has, has probably been a bit more open than the the championship last season? I think compared to the season before, yeah, like you've only got what five games, so you kind of need to come away with as many points as you can. And that comes from scoring four tries and, uh, you know, winning the game. So the element is, you know, to try and score as much as possible. And also it's a shortened season. So guys are willing to try things. We're building towards the bigger one next season, which might change a wee bit. And then also the, there's a lot younger guys in it this season, it seems. And I tell you, they're all fast as anything. So it's, <laughs> it's a little bit difficult trying to keep up with them all. 
Yeah, but but, but Wotorians have been really consistent, though, haven't they? And you've the only side to win all the games, and there has been a real structure. Uh, obviously, the first game against Stirling was a final minute, wasn't it? It was at the last second uh, kick from from Baggy, but you've won the other ones, and you've been really consistent. For us, we've had a lot of depth uh, in our squad this season. So when we come to training on a Tuesday and a Thursday night, we can run what we're looking at at the weekend. We can we do a lot of reviews based on the week before. So it's just allowed us to build quite a solid squad. And then, you know, Touchwood, we've been pretty lucky with injuries. So I know some of our teams have struggled, but we've managed to scrape through. And I think that's helped, helped us. Logan, it's your Stirling County side that are out to kind of spoil the party this weekend. How are you feeling going into this final round of games? Uh, no, really excited. I think the the buzz around the sort of boys this week and even last week when we're off has just been it's been great. I think there's a real sort of confidence running for everybody, starting to play some real good rugby. Um, I think opposite to what Gal was saying there, uh, we did struggle at the start of the season with injuries. So over the last sort of three, four weeks, I'd say started getting boys back and I'd say we're running at sort of full strength right now. So it's uh, it's good to see. And yeah, like I said, there's a lot of depth rank every single team. There's a lot of depth running now. So it uh, makes for a really interesting competition. Yeah, well, uh, well we mentioned that the first game was against, uh, was at my side against, um, against Watones and it was, a, it was a last minute penalty, wasn't from Jason Baggett that, 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 uh, that won the game there. But, I'm going to take you back a fortnight to your home game against Ayr and the the final play, the drop goal from Marcus Holden. Um, it was it was incredible, wasn't it? You guys, you came back, I can't remember off the top of my head, it was like 24-8 or 24-10 down and you fought back against Ayr really, really well and it was, you must have kept the ball for near on 20 phases towards the end and the drop goal went through, the place erupted. What were your emotions? Because it was one of those proper last gasp efforts, wasn't it? And the, the celebrations that after were excellent. But take us back to, you were, you were involved in that. How, how did it feel? Yeah, it was, um, it was a weird one. As uh, I remember saying to Marcus, I must have called it about 10 phases earlier. Well, he was in the pocket for a while, wasn't he? I was, yeah, we were about 10 metres in front of the post. I'm like, to, to the drop goal, like, to the points. I want to get in the pocket. And uh, he just kept running phase back and phase back I'm like Christ when's it going to come and he finally took it I don't think anybody was set for it and um, probably the, the ugliest kick you'll ever see but um, yeah, it scraped over and uh, got the win uh, got the win and it set up this final on, on Friday night yeah it's, um, it's an exciting one I think that was uh, how we beat air last season as well as a, a last minute kick so try not to get in the habit of that but um, it's nice to be on the sort of winning end of that now Chris, I just want to ask you again, coming back to this whole thing about kind of bridging the gap, I guess, mm. isn't it, between amateur players and the professional game, present company excluded, who have been the really standout performers that you actually can see perhaps will make an impact for Scotland in the future? Well, the, the, this season, it's, uh, the sprint season has been, as I say, different in terms of the ball and play time is up, the physicality is there, the conditioning's excellent. So across the board, there are so many players who, who have put their hands up. There's also been quite a lot of players from Edinburgh and Glasgow out to, to get game time and they've they've had to fight for their, their place um, in, in the side. Um, I, I, will, I will include present company. I think Logan, you know, you've had, what, two, three player of the matches in a row, scoring uh, a lot of good tries, striking real well. Um, Carl has, has led by example for, for Watsonians um, and 
and it's a big part of how they play, how they, they win their set piece, how they win the turnover. So, I, off the top of my head, I don't want to pick too many out, but the, the players, and I said this in the commentary I did two weeks ago, was that the, the professional players when they come to play for in Super Six have to work really hard. Yeah. It's not as if the 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 level is is something where they they stick out or the, the they take over. They have to work really hard, and the coaching and the preparation has been excellent. Um, I think Southern Knights got their win last weekend. That was the first win they've had, so, so they needed that. Um, some some uh, some close ones went against them. Um, I think Ayr will, will probably be frustrated with one or two games that just last lost in the final moments. Muir Bears, I mean, they beat Stirling up at, at Bridgewater two or three weeks ago, and and they ended up in, in the bottom three. Heritage have probably been a bit disappointed as well. So. So there's been a lot of good individual performances, but there'll be a lot of teams I think will be frustrated with, with how the results have gone, which all I think bodes well for a well Friday night and then yeah. the, the championship when it kicks off in August. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a moment, Cal. I just wondered from your perspective, how do the players view this tournament as a whole? You mentioned a lot of young players coming through. Do they really see it as a as a good stepping stone? I think I'd spoke to uh, someone else about this recently, and it was. You know, everyone joins the Super Six uh, to push that level. Uh, there is, I guess, pressure on you because of pros coming down, bigger squads, but you nobody's forced to play it. So everyone signs up to doing the extra gym work, the extra analysis behind the scenes, uh, just all the wee things that maybe don't happen at a club gate, a club level. These guys at Super Six level do push that, and I think that brings the whole standard up as a whole. What do you expect on Friday night, Carl, from from Stirling? They've they've got some strike plays from set piece. Uh, it's been one of their strengths to get the defensive alignment sorted. Well, based on our past two games against Air, we've run away with it, and then we let them back in, and you know push it really close. And then based on Stirling's last game with Air, yeah. it just shows that they can actually win a game in the last nine nine minutes. So for us, we want to play a full eighty <laughs> and just try and you know. Hold them out as long as possible. And what's uh, how's Fergus being Fergus Pringle, the coach? Is he he must be secretly quite quite pleased with how things gone, but he'll never show it. He can be a big grumpy guy at times, can't he? Never good enough, but uh, we I guess we are pleased. It's just been you know if you look at the start of the season, if you said if you could get six wins out of six, you'd be you know you'd bite your hand off of that. Um, but it's just some of our performances haven't been great. Um, particularly the last two weeks going against air, you know, we could have finished it out a wee bit quicker, but it just is what it is. Logan, what do you expect from Cal's Watsonian side? Oh, I mean, they're, they're a well-structured side. They, they, so you know what's coming at you. They're a big physical bunch. Uh, they'll run down your channel, try and set you back. Uh, pin corners, just a real tactical game, real smart about how they play. So it's going to be a real dogfight, I reckon. It'll be real important for you. Maybe played really well at fullback as well, and, and worked well in the back three. But with, with Watsons having Kenny Baggett, potentially Lee Miller as well, two tens effectively, ten and twelve. I've been in that position quite often. It's difficult, isn't it, to cover that backfield? So you have to use your your backfield covers. That'll be something you'll be keeping an eye on. Yeah, it's definitely something we've looked at, and we obviously know it's coming. They've got plenty of options all across the back line with uh, kicking ball. So. Yeah, something we'll be keeping an eye on. Yeah. Right, Chris, you mentioned it coming up in August as well. It's the Fosrock Super Six Championship. Um, Chris, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Maybe just can you quickly explain what the championship is? Yeah, championships. Uh, they play 
teams play home and away, and then and the the playoffs. Uh, I think culminating towards the, the end of October. So so opportunity to, to play home and away. Use your, your home advantage. Get the crowd behind. That's one thing. And you know that, that's been excellent as well, especially up at Bridge Hall on the Friday nights. The crowd have really engaged and got behind the behind the team. So home and away against each other. Um, the squads will be fairly similar to what they are now, but there's opportunity for players to, to come in as well. Um, so it's uh, it's more of a marathon rather than a sprint series, um, but it's uh, the, the standard of the final last year, I say, out at the Dam Health, big crowd, um, air just, you know, just, just pipped uh, Southern Knights, was very close to, to, uh, to professional to professional game, which is exactly what you want. So uh, the final again this year will hopefully be Something similar, but um, we'll see what the final on the Friday night sprint series is first. And, and good luck to, to both the, the players and both the teams involved. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. Who are you backing? I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to put that one in there. I knew he was going to sit on the fence. <laughs> um, Cal, Logan, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Go well on Friday. Let's talk a little bit about Glasgow and Edinburgh then, Chris, um, because it was the URC quarterfinals. They're disappointment for both yeah. sides. Um, let's start with Glasgow. I mean, it was a huge defeat, really. Yeah. There's no kind of getting around it to the defending champions, Leinster. They were punished a little bit for yellow cards. How disappointing was not just the result, but the performance as well? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's hard to talk about because it was, you know, so bad. Um, I know a lot of the players, uh, the coaches and the staff and... I know they'll be bitterly disappointed with it, but you can't hide from the, the you know, the, the 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 result really more than anything. Uh, the the high, the, you know, the, the seventy six points. Um, it's really hard to take. Uh, started particularly well, went ahead, scored the first try. I see, you know, picked up a, a yellow card, but there was so many times in the game where Leinster, who are a brilliant side, let's be honest, scored just too easily. Um, and so quickly after scoring, I've been in situations like that. I've played in games like that, unfortunately. And sometimes the harder you try as an individual, the worse you, you perform as a team. So it gets to the point where it's almost a great mist. You're flying, you're trying to solve things on your own. You have no link really to the structure. And through desperation, you get worse, which is difficult for people to understand. But I, I think it's heightened with the fact that the team you're playing against are so good, are so well organised, are so clinical. Um, yeah, they lost the, the Leinster lost the European final the week before, but it took, you know, La Rochelle a, a superhuman effort really from them, including kind of nine or ten minutes of uh, pick and go on the goal line to get over the line against a team who probably underperformed in Leinster on the day. So that was the size of the challenge. But yeah, just unacceptable to to concede so many points and um, yeah, hard to watch, hard to be part of. I'd imagine. Well, I would know. Um, uh, and yeah, the, the 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 disappointing thing for 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 Danny is obviously he's he's paid the price and and uh, and stood down as, as coach. Yeah, because I wanted to ask you about him. He said after the match it was unacceptable. Um, he said it's kind of obviously it's his fault, but it's also the players' fault. Did he pay the price though? In the end, was was his job just untenable after that? Um, I I, th I think so. I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to to think otherwise because the result was so big but um, yeah, I think there was what, 18 of the 23 man squad are international players as well and they'll be hurt and they'll be disappointed it, listen it's it's I can't describe how it is when you're in that situation where you just you want to solve it 
you, and everything goes against you and there'll be simple things that you look back on you know an hour later or a minute later a day later a week later and say, why did I do that why are we doing this why didn't we stop this and it's very easy in hindsight to see what should happen but it's difficult in the moment what it probably needs is clarity of realization listen we're you know we're going to lose this we're going to lose this heavily we can't concede any more points. It gets to that point where, listen, how can we stop the flow? How can we rest moment back? And that needs players on the field to, to dictate that. But I say again, it's it's really difficult to do against the top side in club rugby, really, and one of the top sides in club rugby in the world um, when, when, when they've got their tails up. But it's a, yeah, it's, it's a tough one for Glasgow. There's still, you know, there are a lot of good players there. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to take a lot to get over. Sometimes in results like that, you've got six days, seven days, and you can get out of the system, you play again. But what makes it doubly worse is the fact that it was the final game of the season and they have to, to rest in it uh, and act on it uh, You know, through the, the eight weeks, six, seven, eight weeks, whatever it is, before they play again. Yeah, not the way you want to end things. No. Um, where do you think Glasgow will look next then? What kind of coach do they need to bring in? Um... I'm not sure. I, I think there's there's a yeah, sorry the million dollar question. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. it's uh, I think there's a, there's a quality squad there that they, you know absolutely underperformed by their own admission um, at the weekend and other times throughout the season. But I mean they did reach quarterfinals. They were sitting in the top four for most of the championship. They faced three or four. I think the last four games or five games were all away from home. Um, so you know they 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 got on the wrong side of the discipline at the start of the season, fixed that and then was on the wrong side of the discipline apparently count towards the end of the season. So there's there's uh, there's one or two bits and pieces to fix, but at the core of it there's a lot of good players, um and a lot of good people and um it'll be an attractive job, absolutely. Uh whether it's a an experienced coach or whether it's a a younger coach, I'm not sure. I think uh, you know my, my instinct would probably say it's more of an experienced coach potentially look for, but it'll be the right person for the job, the right person who can Work with the players, work with the you know with the national setup as well here here at Scottish Rugby, um, and 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 work for the club to to bring back more consistent performances. But it's uh, it will be a an attractive job. And you mentioned the timing. In a way, is it quite a good thing that they've now got this break until the new season because it gives them a bit of time to reassess and really work out the kind of the plan, I guess. Um, I don't think it, I, I don't think so. I think, as I mentioned before, right, when you have a bad day, you want to act on it immediately. It's just the way we're built as as professional sports people. You want to remedy it right away. I remember, I remember missing a kick in front of the post against Was for Edinburgh twenty odd years ago, and I had to get up and out my bed the next day morning on a Sunday morning and come bring a ball in the back pitch and just to kick it. I just had to get out of my system. And it was on my own. It's not. It didn't mean anything. I kicked one kick, got back in the car and went home. But you just want to get, you want to act and underline and confirm what you have to put right as soon as possible. So that's just another, that's just another thing that the players um, in, in Glasgow are, are going to have to to face and, and, and see. And how the positive could be that if you've sit on that for so long, you know, good luck to the team that faces them first yeah. <laughs> next year round because there's so much, you know, aggression and determination and, and, and want, to prove to those you've let down that you can, you can do it better, that that, that can build up in a, a pretty much a crescendo performance in, in next season, and that should carry through not just one game but every game uh, next season. So, 
uh, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's, it's a, obviously a, a great timing, um, but it's a timing that that's happened, and, and you deal in, in professional sport, you deal with what's thrown at you, um, whether you've got a week to remedy or, or two months to remedy. Yeah, maybe gives them a bit of time to just really think about who yeah. to bring in, though, yeah. as a coach, uh, rather than making yeah. a and it's a, difficult, an isn't it? Decision. It's difficult. I mean, as I say, I think it's an attractive job, um, yeah. but there's a, you know, there's a, a year out from a World Cup. You know, the, in terms of coaches, sometimes look at those cycles, but whoever the, the right person is um, for the job will will, uh, will be inheriting um, a lot of good points. But we'll have to address the the kind of last last weekend's performance as well. Yeah, uh, let's move on to Edinburgh. They were also beaten twenty eight seventeen, losing to Stormers. Um, level at the break, they were actually still in this one very much towards the end of the match. Um, how will they look back and assess that performance? I think they'll be frustrated as well. Yeah. I think they'll be frustrated. I think there was, you know, I think there was good in it, absolutely. Uh, I think the Stormers at home are a tough nut to crack. The quality side, they finished second in the, the kind of regular season. We'll get a home semi-final, obviously. Um, some quality players, some real standout players of the, the league really playing for them. But that, all that said, I think Edinburgh will be frustrated because there's opportunities missed. The game was... We thought it would be kind of fast and loose in terms of how Stormers play, how Edinburgh play it was. But there's probably just too many errors in, in that kind of third quarter that just somehow Stormers managed to wrestle the, the game into their favour. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity. You know, I think if I'm being honest, I think there'll be frustration. A missed opportunity, a difficult opportunity, but a missed opportunity. But um, again, one that will fuel that desire throughout the summer to say, listen, that... You know, we have to be our best to get to these positions, and when we get to these positions, we have to make more of them because it's, yeah, there was, um, there was a, there was a chance here for Edinburgh, and, and the frustrated didn't take it. Yeah, I was reading a few of the match reports, a few of the end of season reports, and the word progress was used quite a lot when talking about Edinburgh in terms of the progress that they seem to be making. Do you agree with that sentiment that this is a club that really is making progress yeah, despite that result? Absolutely, there? absolutely. Um, in terms of the style of play, their engagement, the home games at Dam Health have been, a, in terms of a, a fan experience and a, a connection with the players, have been outstanding, been excellent. The results have been good. They sat at the top of the ERC for a few weeks. Um, in the, the regular season, they obviously you know, dropped down but got yeah, Heineken, or European Champions Cup qualification as well. Um, so th there's there are progressions there's positives of course there are but everybody progresses and that's a difficult thing and on speaking to Mike and and everybody's saying it's it's hard to get into that top eight and you know the, the belief is it'll be even harder next year with the South African you know teams have, have made re-signs bringing back international players will have the full squads for the duration of the season they, they missed the first two or three weeks because they were still in international rugby last season a lot of Springbok players um you've got to Imagine that Wales, the, the teams in Wales, will will have to improve and, and demand that they're in that top eight. They've got a team in the playoffs, so there's progression, but there's progression all over the place. So what becomes important is your, your speed of progression, your rate of progression, and I think Edinburgh in a good place. Um, we'll bring quality players in as well. Um, a lot of the players for both Edinburgh and Glasgow will be involved in the tour we've spoken about, um, so they have to you know play there get, and then get the required rest physically and mentally before hitting the, the ground running next year yeah uh, just quickly semi-finals this friday and saturday then so it's leinster v bulls stormers v ulster who are you backing to go on well the first one's easier to call one. for me yeah. uh 
Bulls have the physicality to to challenge anyone, but I think away from home in Leinster, Leinster will, will come out on top on that. Um, the second one's really hard to call. Stormers at home, I think Ulster, Ulster have, uh, they've, they were really had to beat Edinburgh, uh, second last round of the season at the Dam Health, and it was a final second victory as he scrambled to, to hold Edinburgh out, and there was a real almost turning point. Uh, Dan McFadden just sitting in front of me, and Roddy Grant, the coaches, and the the reaction told me something that they they needed that win, um, and they did. But the performances you know, since then have been excellent. It's almost like from that moment they're on knockout rugby. You know, every second counts. Um, I just think they might do something away from home. I think Ulster difficult to travel, of course. They only found out on well Saturday evening that they'd be going to. To South Africa, um, they have to get out there, get acclimatised. It's obviously not at altitude, but it's a it's a big chunk of travel to to get out there at short notice. But let's go Ulster just. Okay, so you're saying a Leinster Ulster final? Yeah, I think Would so. you be tipping Leinster to win another title then? Well, Ulster beat Leinster in the the, the regular season, um, but yeah, I think it's. Uh, I go back to that Champions Cup final and how hard La Rochelle had to work and how good they were and how. Astute Ron Nagara, one or two things that he, he did got you know attacked the edge the, or the defence or attacked flat and wide really early in the, the phases and that kind of spooked Leinster's defence a little bit, but they still had <laughs> it was the last second against a team that weren't on on form on the top of their form. So for for anyone to beat Leinster, it's going to take a, a superhuman effort and for Leinster to be a wee bit off it. But because they lost that European final, I think they'll be on it for the next two rounds. There we go. I think that's a Leinster prediction. Right. <laughs> Chris, thank you. <laughs> Thanks once again for listening to the official Scottish Rugby podcast. Thanks to Joe, Joe Wilson. Thank you very much for okay. having me. It's Enjoy been a pleasure. It. Loved it. It's great to, uh, I suppose you were saying before, you've never properly met Gregor Towns. I know no. they've been working and been involved for years, but it was, uh, it was great to have Gregor along. Brilliant. I think, I mean, I've worked here, I think, five or six seasons yeah. now doing the announcing in, in the stadium, and I always give him a little wave or a, or a little thumbs up. Um, but it was just, yeah, really nice. An absolute pleasure to talk to him. Very relaxed, Gregor Townsend. It was great to see. Yeah, that's good. And thanks for your help. You're going to be joining us uh, a few times over the summer. I think hopefully. so, yes. Looking forward to back. it. Maybe. We'll see how, <laughs> see how this <laughs> one goes down. <laughs> now, we'll enjoy it. Look forward to that. Uh, and look forward to bringing more content next week.